As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I am your host, Josh G. And we are ending best month ever to best month boogaloo as we welcome the man you hear the most when you tune into their show. He is the voice of reason. He is always right. You should acknowledge him. Please welcome Ian to the show. Oh, I totally had an intro to come in with, and I can't do that now. Bless you. Bless you. That is ridiculously kind, and you're dropping my branding all over the place. Ah, it is so much fun to come back on Gen X favorite movie. Thank you for having all of us, and thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. I I hope to make this a yearly thing. We did it last year. This is year two, so. Keep on trucking and get to year three next year. Absolutely. (laughs) Sign me up. Deal. All right. So why don't you give your spill on what best film ever is? So if they when they tune in. Oh, it's been a long and winding road. Um, best film ever originally uh, had its genesis. I uh, I go see a lot of movies with my uh with my best friend Liam. And Liam, uh, I'm 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 a I'm a high school teacher, I teach English and film studies. And he's just a regular Joe Q public who loves to go and see movies. We're both massive film fans, but I, I guess we look at films from different perspectives. And we used to sit around in the theater afterwards and talk about it. And for Christmas one year, I gave him one of those posters that you scratch off the top 100 films of all time. And we got we made a deal. We're going to watch all of them together. I went, that's a great idea. Even the ones we'd seen before. And after about four or five, I kind of sheepishly, because I've always been a big podcast guy, I kind of sheepishly went, also have been a really good idea to do a podcast on. And he went, uh, yeah, I would have. And I said, would you be up for it? And he went, yeah, I would. And I just kind of sat there and let it linger. A little bit too nerdy to kind of probably go beyond that. And then I asked him again a few weeks later. I said, you serious about that? He went, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just went, I guess I better research how to do a podcast. And, you know, fast forward two and a flip years, and we've got a, a cast of a regular table of four We've got a Patreon. We've got all sorts of stuff. So the, the pot itself has gone well. But what we do is we bring a table to, sorry, we bring a film to the table each week. And we sort of do a deep dive on said film, review the film, and then give it some sort of a numerical rating out of 10. And then we quantify that corporately. And we determine which film based on, on that number. And we have four very different people. We're cross-generational. We have men and women on the pod. Um, you know, so I can't sort of let my academic leanings overpower everything. And we have, I mean, we have the, 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 the Patreon as of recently has now come into effect as, as like a fifth voting member around the table. And we determine what, if we, if we put all those things together, what really is the best film ever? And, uh, you know, there is no finish line. The search will never be completed. We won't go there, found it and, and just, and just call it a day. But uh, it's been a lot of fun, and we've been very lucky and fortunate to have found an audience. And it's been really, really cool to to do that and to get involved in the greater film, Twitter, podcast kind of community of which uh, I felt we find ourselves. And, of course, Josh, you find yourself. So lots of great people met over the course of this little adventure as well. Absolutely. And some might say you... You found at least the closest thing to the best film ever last year when you came on my show because 
If it's not your number one, it's close. I can't remember no, this, exactly where it's at. It is the number one. Okay. It is the number one. So I came on and it was still in the chamber. We hadn't done it on ours yet. And I was really dying to talk about it. So when you said, what's, what's, what, what's your, your favorite movie? I went, well, I don't know if it's the favorite, but I'm like, definitely it's a really strong contender for me is Little Miss Sunshine and uh, came on and held on to it. Now Liam can be known to fall asleep every now and then while we're watching movies together. So I had to give him the talk as he'd never seen it. I had to give him the speech of all speeches. You will not have the heavy eyelids for this. Whatever you have to do, if we have to pour Red Bull into your veins, we will do what needs doing in order to make sure that you appreciate this. If you don't like it, that's fine. But you will give this thing your your undivided attention. And uh, yeah, it uh, it was it's, it's always interesting because the fear is you're going to present it and someone's going to go, oh, it was kind of just average, wasn't it? And you're like, what are you talking about? This thing means so much to me, which is kind of the whole basis of your podcast, I suppose. But uh, but yeah, so I brought Little Miss Sunshine to the table. And yeah, a few months later, we did it on the BFE and it currently sits as a strong number one. It's really not close. I mean, it's going to have to take something to almost to run the table and run tens across the board to pretty much beat this thing. So uh, it's a, it, so there's a little mini plug. If you haven't seen Little Miss Sunshine, go watch that. Oh, absolutely. And this year you brought me a film that I'd always heard about. I didn't know much about what it was. And I was just that title just always stuck out to me because it's such a strange title. And of course, we're going back to 1988 with a fish called Wanda. Archie Leach. Darling. Darling. Yes, dear. Is a lawyer who's in love with a thief who's hiding the key to a small fortune. To 20 million. From a killer called Otto. Are you totally deranged? Friends, old chap. A crazy called Ken. And only a fish called Wanda knows where it is. Where are the diamonds? A fish called Wanda. Hello, Wanda. Rated R. Starts Friday. Check newspaper for a theater near you. Fish called Wanda. Uh, a little more niche, a little more 80s, uh, a little more cross-Atlantic. There's kind of two differing sense of humor, senses of humor that are sort of battling throughout. Um, one that definitely I wasn't the target market for when it came out. I was just uh, 88, you said. I must have been eight or nine. Um, it's one that I sort of grew up with it around me and grew to appreciate over the years until I had to sort of sit there and go, this is a phenomenal movie, in, 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 in my opinion. Anyway, I think comedies are hard to do, and I think warmth is hard to do. And I think uh, this movie is able to actually make you care about a group of characters in a very short runtime, which in a world now where everything has to be an existing IP, it's really remarkable to look back and see how quickly you're able to sort of draw these uh, allegiances. So you mentioned you were eight or nine. Is that when you saw it? Like you saw this when it came out? I don't out? know. I can't honestly tell you when I saw this, Josh, for the first time. Uh, I think the title put me off. I have a title put me off. because what, what is it about a fish? <laughs> a fish, a fish called, you know, this is, this is years before Finding Nemo, folks. Like fish movies were not, were not a thing. And so even the name of a fish called Wanda is probably, you know, a boy going, you know, oh, it's about, what, what was this? Why is a fish called Wanda? And what, and what, what is, is, is about, a, about a girl? Oh, I don't want to watch this. I, I probably didn't really get this, Josh, or see it. It was, it was, that's the thing. This was on in my house. I think my sister was a fan before I was. Um, but this was on in my house and I was just sort of walking by it and turning my nose up at it for the longest time. I probably was about 15 by the time I first saw this. We would have had it on, I would assume we would have had it on VHS. 
that I mean, timeline wise, it would have to be VHS. Uh, I probably didn't really appreciate it. Appreciate it until my twenties. Um, yeah, I think I went through a phase where I, th- I started to really like Kevin Klein and I went back into his catalog and I think that's what got me here. I think I'd seen Dave, which I really like really, really right. Really hope I can do it in the pod one day. Uh, I think I'd probably seen really what else Kevin Klein did. That was fantastic. I was on a really, really big Kevin Klein phase. Maybe I love you to death. I don't know, but, but it it did bring me back to, to to this and I really uh, had a good time with it. All right. So for anyone who's not familiar with it, why don't you tell everyone what this is about? All right. So cross Atlantic first and foremost. So Wanda and her, her supposed brother, Otto played by the aforementioned Kevin Klein uh, are part of a cross Atlantic uh, jewel thief syndicate. Well, syndicate sounds really big. It's like four people doing a job um, a- along with the guy that um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, uh, who plays Wanda. Um, this is stiff sort of British guy, um, older kind of thing, but very, very rigid. Uh, and then uh, Ken played by Michael Palin from Monty Python. And the four of them are going to plan out a, a jewel heist. But of course, unbeknownst to every bull, to, to the ever two, Wanda and Otto are not brother and sister. Wanda and Otto are lovers. And it starts a, and this is all revealed in the first five minutes. I'm not giving anything away. Uh, and then it sort of, you know, it goes a little bit wrong. And and, and as the, the, the court case, uh, Wanda's boyfriend is brought before trial and the lawyer put in charge is played by John Cleese from Monty Python as well. And so in order to try and find out information, because Wanda's plan is to kind of screw everybody over and get herself ahead, she needs to romance the lawyer and then jealousies start to appear. And there's just a lot of comedy as, as Wanda has to move her way around all these men who are all super taken with her. And, um, you see how easily she's able to kind of be a chameleon going back and forth. Uh, and, and there's a couple of subplots and, and, and things of that nature, but that, that's the overall arching thing. So you, and the whole film takes place in London. So you do have this idea where, where uh, Wanda, but especially Otto are the out of place Americans in a British uh, environment. And Otto played by Kevin Klein, very much doing the stereotype of the, I'm an American, you can't do this to me, kind of American when they travel overseas. So, um, and it's just, it's just wonderful. It's even just, it's just so funny. Ah, and it's just, everything's earned and feels organic in a way that comedies aren't now. We laugh now because the trailer tells us this is funny, laugh here. It was funny because they actually built something. Oh, it's tremendous. All right. Well, yeah, you know, you know me. We don't do we don't do the spoilers in this one. That, that, they can come to your one. show for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this rates enough to get that on your show or not. If you ever play Fish called Wanda. I I want to think it's got a high skirt. Like its screenplay was nominated. As such, I think it might be eligible. I'm just doing a quick check here. I believe I've always referred, at least internally, to having this one in the chamber. And I'm right. Ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, oh wow. Okay. The films I like all tend to be nominated for like best adapted or best original screenplay and if you get one of those nominations pretty much your your critic ratings in the 90s so yeah you definitely you like well-written movies that's true i do like well-written movies yeah yeah you have mentioned that all right so let's say you were to get a sequel where would you want to see 
that go with this? It's hard to do that without also doing spoilers, but sometimes in the sequel part, I do give a spoiler warning. So you yes, would you can have, do that. I'll just say you'd have to find a reason to get the gang all together again. Parties who had been screwed in the first movie would have to therefore not be in the second. So what I would suggest is I'll put this out here. It doesn't work out so well for Wanda's original boyfriend. So maybe he's out to get them all. And the only way he finds them where they end up at the end of the first movie. And the only way that anyone's going to be let free is uh, if they do another heist together. And this time you've got to bring John Cleese's lawyer character who'd be totally a fish <laughs> out of water. You would have to bring him into the scheme. So kind of like a bumble, like this is like a bumbling, fumbling kind of Ocean's Eleven kind of concept, like a really small heist, but, but, but a heist nonetheless. And one where you have these really kind of, not one dimensional characters, but characters with clear, um, clearly established singular character traits, which are dominant in their presentation. And then could they all get together knowing what they know from the first one? And I would argue, yes, they probably could. And you'd still have Wanda manipulating everybody, even though they're like, I can't trust you. And she'd do the whole oh, sort of that pouty face that only Jamie Lee Curtis could do and be like, oh, but you don't understand. I really wanted to be with you the whole time. And they go, all right. And off they would go to do their uh, caper until again, she found a way to kind of screw the people she wanted to screw over and leave with the person she wants to leave with and that would be said movie uh probably for the sense of whatever i flip it and put it either in my first thought was to go like international and go like somewhere in the caribbean but i think that the 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 one that brings greater symmetry might be actually flipping the script and putting it all in america and even within America, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different locations within that, which you could do, but what would give me the greatest comedy as opposed to Otto being the arrogant, I'm an American. What happens if you have super polite John Cleese's character in, in a more uh, forthright American environment? So maybe not your um, Southern hospitality, maybe your colder Boston or Brooklyn or, or Brooklyn, New York kind of concepts there where things are just a little bit more hard edged in his, uh, his politeness is very much going to be seen as weakness. And you can play that for a lot of comedy, I think, in reverse. Okay. And now we go with what could happen. And that is if you had to remake this and who you would put. You say Jamie Lee Curtis is the only one, but. Oh, yeah, because I gave this a lot of thought. She's really hard to replicate. Um, I'm going to start with. It's weird because the first one I thought that I had to cast was I had to cast John Cleese's replacement because he's got to be older, different, separate. Um, in, in the original, he's kind of the mature, old, boring guy. Um, I might play that a little bit different now because I'm not sure those tropes are as easily established in 2022. I might go for maybe the slightly awkward guy instead. So uh, I think I'll see when I get to, when I get to my new auto. So I'm going to go with Chris O'Dowd for um the john cleese character if you if anybody out there hasn't heard of chris o'dowd uh if he's he was the male romantic lead in bridesmaids is the best way i can put it uh he was also on a show here in the uk called the it the it crowd yeah the, the, the it crowd uh which is brilliant and he's kind of the the straight funny man in it but he can do he's irish but he could do the whole um the whole, you know, oh, geez, are we supposed to do this? This feels like it's the kind of thing I shouldn't be caught up in sort of uh, anxiety side of it really, really well. And then I thought about playing, I guess I've gone with maybe an unconventional choice. 
Uh, I also didn't want the massive age gap. Not that I'm sure I know how old Chris O'Dowd is, but I think Jamie Lee Curtis and, and John Cleese had a fairly sizable age gap in the first one. I'm going with Anne Hathaway, whose comedic chops I think are actually underrated. And I think she can play that fun, almost tomboyish. Like she can be that innocent girl one minute and then that super hard edge type the next. I think great comedic actors are great actors. And I think uh, I've seen Hathaway do enough in, in silly little, little rom-com sort of stuff where I'm like, she's got comedic timing. She just needs the right script because we don't make comedies anymore. We make rom-coms, but we don't make comedies anymore. Not that kind of comedy anyway. So I would go there and I think she'd be able to, you know, she has those big doe eyes. I think that would work in the sense of uh, what's to happen uh, there. And she does feel out of his league. And that's also an important kind of thing to establish is going, why would she be with him? For Otto, this is going to be weird. I haven't established if I'm going to make him lose his accent and try and do an American accent or just steer into the skin and watch the carnage unfold. I'm going to go with Chris Hemsworth as Otto. Like if you've ever seen any of the team Thor stuff he did where, where you know, the, the, the Marvel shorts they did prior to um, Thor Ragnarok where Chris Hemsworth pretends he gets a regular roommate, but he's smug to the nines. I mean, it's just smug. Like if you had that version of Chris Hemsworth as Otto, I think there's, a, and then, you know, Chris O'Dowd looks at himself and looks at Otto and just quite clearly it's a, uh, it's a, plus <laughs> I'm trying to think of the scene where uh, Otto tackles Archie. Sorry, minor spoiler. Otto tackles Archie and gives him permission to uh, to go to go pursue a relationship with Wanda. I think that'll be hysterical with those two gentlemen in that scene. And then uh, I think the only one really that you have to have to cast remaining is you got to do the Michael Palin. Ken's coming to kill me. Uh, I went with, and this one might not play uh, the American audience. You may have to look this up. A guy called Richard Ayoade. I don't know if he's gotten a lot of press over your side. He's the other guy in the IT crowd. He's a nerdy type of really awkward uh, super trope where he's got severe social anxiety. He could pull this off. To see. And again, it's that strong, here's a British connection with, with the IT crowd meeting some bigger named, more American sort of stars. This would have to be a bit of a, of a, of a, of a sort of a career making, breaking performance in the, um, in the US. If you haven't, I would recommend watching uh, an episode of the IT crowd. I believe it's available on US Netflix. Uh, I would go for, I think it's season two, episode one. It could be somewhere later in the season, but it's definitely season two called The Musical. If you get through that and you don't think Richard Joyawade is a great comedic actor, then I'll eat my hat. But it's a fantastic episode and it gets you the idea of these two characters and what they could do. And part of the joy of A Fish Called Wanda was the idea of these two guys from Monty Python who they actually spend very little time together, but when they do, it's absolute magic. And I think there's little insider sort of things you could do uh, there, I was a little old lady with three dogs who's kind of a recurring mo mo motif in uh, in the first one. I, I think that's a Dame Judy Dench type or a Helen Mirren type, but I think Dame Judy Dench would be would be the the most fun because she's supposed to be obviously she's supposed to be really really mean, and I think Dame Judy Dench can definitely definitely do mean. I haven't really given a whole lot of thought to the. Um, to i mean the other big one might be uh archie the lawyer his wife oh i just had her name and it's just lost it uh, miranda hart who was in spy 
with Melissa McCarthy, amongst other things. She's sort of the woman behind the uh, behind the television screens, the Mark Strong, the Q, the whatever of, of the movie Spy. Um, very self-deprecating, but I would just get rid of the the comedic content and just slam that up to a 50. If she was a bit older, someone like Phoebe Waller-Bridge from Fleabag would be great in that sort of a role. Shoot, if you reversed it, she'd be great in the Wander role, actually. Anyway, uh, so th- that's really about it. I mean, the guy who plays Wanda's boyfriend, he's not really much of a character in the grand scheme of things because he spends most of the movie, you know, waiting for trial. So uh, just just find someone of an appropriate age, I suppose. Um, I'll say, here we go, Mark Strong. There, done. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're trying to keep that, that, that cross-Atlantic, in some cases here, global appeal, looking for people with strong comedic chops, people who can really act. And I have a feeling there was probably a bit of a loose improvisational feel on on the set. It's very cleverly written, but on the flip side, I think there's also just great, great comedic actors. And when you have that combination, I think magic can happen. And I think, I'd like to think, I've got one here. As opposed to saying, oh, you should never make it. I think I could, I think I could run with this. I also think that the uh, story itself doesn't need, unlike a lot of stuff from that time frame. I'm not sure a lot of it has to be, or much of it at all has to be tweaked in terms of the way that we as a society view things now in 2022. I think for the most part, um, the characters who are misogynist are the villains. So that's that's all right. It's okay to have misogyny still, just if they're the villains, that helps. So, uh, you know, a misogynistic villain. I don't want a misogynistic hero, but if my villains are, that's great. And the idea that Wanda is playing everybody. So she's not a victim. She knows what she's doing every step of the way. So I also think it's it's a film that could be remade and and would still have appeal. So, yeah. All right. So I think you've done a pretty good job. Why don't you give that last final pitch on selling someone to give a fish called Wanda that first chance? Or oh, revisit. Okay. Here we go. A fish called Wanda. I mean, it is a film that feels very much like the 80s, but it feels like the best part of the 80s where America and Britain were still two very different countries. And with the Internet, that changes so much. But you will find yourself aligning to characters that have very little moral value. I still claim Kevin Klein as Otto in this is the greatest comedic acting performance in the history of cinema. The guy is a walking Oscar. He absolutely absolutely should have won it um he claims he doesn't think he should have he's wrong we just don't like to give oscars to comedies for some reason so if you're after something that's got touches of monty python it's got touches of a crime fest caper film it's got a bit of a fish out of water story some great physical humor and just one of the most tightly written scripts that you've ever seen give a fish called wanda despite the tragic name give that a chance, uh, fire it up on the old streaming device. You will not be sorry that you did. You will smile, you will laugh, your sides will hurt, and you will thank me later. Acknowledge me. All right, yeah, I think that's going to wrap Best Month Ever up. So tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find the podcast, all that good stuff. Well, one more time, I'm going to thank Josh, my next favorite movie, for having us on for Best Month Ever too, a Best Month Boogaloo, one of our absolutely nearest and dearest friends in the, in the podcasting world. So if you're over here because you heard I was going to be on here, give this a listen. Put that in your subscribe menu. This is good stuff. It's been very different to what we do, where we do the micro, he does the macro, and a good time is had by all, and you'll get to be introduced to a whole world of 
other film podcast minded individuals like ourselves. So if you're here visiting because you want to check me out, check him out on a regular basis. Add that to your subscribe. As for best film ever, you can find us pretty much wherever you find podcasts out there. We release usually two to three episodes a week. Our Tuesday release is our main one where we do the deep dive, but we also do show by show breakdowns. If something's hit the zeitgeist, we just finished an Obi-Wan Kenobi retrospective. I guess that would have been in June by the time this comes out, um, but we call that show me one Kenobi. So here we go. Hey, hey. Uh, usually for something Marvel or Star Wars, you will give that a shot. We have a, a retrospective on Doctor Who we're doing called Who Do You Think You Are? Monthly, we do real roundtables, more or less. Our next one should have just come out by this point would have been the Bruce Willis. We count down the best of Bruce Willis uh, at the end of uh, at the end of his career. So uh, we wanted to tip a, a nod of the virtual cap to him as well as all we, we do a trivia contest, all sorts of stuff. Best place to get a hold of us is on the Twitter at Best Film Ever Pod. Be part of the conversation. We have a very active community. You'll be glad you did. Yep, and I am always active with Best Film Ever on Twitter, so find me at YNF Movie Pod. Easiest thing to do is go to linktr.ee slash YNF Movie Pod. It's got podcast platforms, social media, YouTube channel, my personal letterbox, so you can see what I'm watching when it's not covered on the pod. And since we're recording this early, I have no idea what's coming next week, so just come back and I'll have a new guest and a new movie. Until then, you guys take care, and I'll talk to you next time.